This is Fighting for Fair, the podcast that brings you true stories about social justice. Real Australians with incredible stories about fighting for their right to a fair go. I'm Corinne Grant. I am passionate about social justice and the rights of others, and that is one of the main reasons that I decided to become a plaintiff lawyer. Meet Carlotta, one of Australia's most iconic figures. Out of fact or two, if the lady's naughty... It's the 1960s in King's Cross, and Carlotta is the star attraction of the world-famous drag show, Lay Girls. She's destined to become Australia's most famous transgender woman a stage and TV entertainer with a big personality to match. But beneath the glitz and glamour of Carlotta's stardom is another story, her lifelong battle for acceptance. Good times, bad times, I've seen it all and my dear, I'm still here. Plush velvet sometimes, pissed at the end of a pier, (laughs) I'm still here. Growing up as Ricky, from Balmain, growing up different, caused me pain. Other kids labelled me queer, but I'm here. Well, I'm still here. When I uh, started at Lay Girls, uh, I didn't think it would last. You know, I thought it would be a novelty. The idea came from a man called Lee Gordon, who saw a show in Paris and it was uh, female impersonators, men dressed up as women, doing big showgirl-type shows. So I started there in 1963, and it was an eye-opener, an eye-opener in the fact that I had just started dressing as a woman, and we were working under very strict rules because we used to have to go to work dressed in men's clothing, men's underwear, but yet you could have your face all painted and your hair all done and the top of you looked like a woman, but uh, you had to wear these men's clothes and men's underwear. And I didn't like it at all. And I've always been a fighter all my life. So I bucked the system and uh, I got dressed after work one night, back into all women's attire. Walking home, I got arrested I got uh, thrown into the police station. The next morning I got pulled before the courts and I was up before the judge and I said, what's the charge? And said offensive behaviour. Well, offensive behaviour in those days, you could be swearing, spitting. And I said, well, what? And he turned around and he said to me, he said, well, you're dressed as a woman. And being the person that I am, I turned around and I said to him, I said, well, you've got a wig and a robe on. And he's burst out laughing and pulled that hammer thing down and said, case dismissed. So I went, tick. You know, I'd won one uh, because after that we were allowed to go to work dressed as all female attire and not the men's clothing and men's underwear, which was quite embarrassing. So it was like this acceptance thing. I've had it all through my life. I've had this battle of being totally accepted for just being me. 
I've never put a male or female title on myself. I'm Carlotta. And so I didn't like the idea of standing in front of the mirror and the top half being female and the bottom half being male. So I found out that they were doing these sex changes in Australia, but you had to sign up for all these tests at a couple of hospitals in Sydney with psychiatrists and doctors. And so I went along. This was another thing which stressed me out because they used to put wires on my head in some of the tests, make me look at obscene photos of people having sex, animals having sex, uh, to see what my reaction was, to see if I'd get aroused, I suppose. And I just found that just so degrading that I pulled all the wires off my head. They called me back a couple of weeks later and I was brought into a room where I had to go before clergymen, priests, doctors, psychiatrists, all sitting around these tables. And when I walked into the room, there was a pair of red high heels on the floor. And I was instructed to put the high heels on and walk up and down. And I thought, what has this got to do with me wanting to have a sex change? And I just got so mad, I pulled the high heels off and I threw it at the table. And I said, look, if you don't want to do this, I know what I want. I'll go to England and have the operation in England. A couple of weeks later, I got a letter. I was accepted straight away. I went in, had the operation. I woke up. Oh, my God, I thought I was in a a funeral parlour. There were so many flowers around my bed. And there were these people flashing off cameras. And I thought, what's going on? And then I found out that some orderly at the hospital had let the press know that I'd had a sex change and had had in the newspapers, which was the Mirror newspaper in those days, On the front page, Balmain Boy Becomes Beauty. Well, my mother was at the RSL and I hadn't told her and she fell off the stool. In shock. (laughs) I sort of became the most well-known sex change in Australia. I was really happy in myself. And of course... Lay Girls became very successful. People were coming in and they couldn't believe there were... I couldn't believe that we were boys and that they tried to make out that uh, we were imposters because we all look so good. I had that feeling of acceptance again, another tick. And then all of a sudden, we were asked to appear at the Sydney Opera House. Now, the Opera House had only been open a few years, and I thought to myself, oh, my God, this is top league. So we went down and we did two nights at the Opera House. It was very big, over the top, more lavish than lay girls. I came out on stage and I looked at the audience and I thought, 
you don't look like our regular audience. And I asked the audience, I said, where are you from? And they all said the North Shore. And I went, tick. The North Shore was very social, was sort of considered social. And I thought, I've achieved something in the fact that they will come to Lay Girls now. But they had to wait for us to appear at the Opera House for that acceptance. After the Opera House, I went on to great things. I, I started doing television. I was brought into a show which was sort of unheard of in those days because television was black and white. It was called Number 96. Then I was asked to appear on a, show, a panel show called The Beauty and the Beast. And all the women on this show, they're all from the top society in Australia. And I just thought, oh, my God. You know, this is great. And that little acceptance button went off again and I went tick. But underneath it all, there were still people around who couldn't totally accept it, which came up a couple of times in my life. And I went, you know, what have I got to do to be totally accepted? So I've still got a fight in front of me for that total acceptance. And I'll still fight for the transsexual scene as long as I'm on this planet. Carlotta is still here and she's not going away anytime soon. She has become an icon for the LGBTIQ community. She hates the term pioneer. For her, it wasn't a conscious choice to pave the path for others. She was just living her life, being Carlotta and ticking off acceptance bit by bit. She's bold, she's brave and she's beautiful. And her public battle for acceptance has made it that little bit easier for other transgender Australians. In a fair and just society, we all deserve to be valued as the person we truly are, free from bigotry and prejudice. Fighting for Fair is a partnership between Mamma Mia and Morris Blackburn, Australia's leading social justice law firm. They believe that fairness is a universal right, and to live in a fair and just society, we need to fight for the rights of others as much as our own. Coming up on Fighting for Fair, Shonika's gambling was out of control. She thought there was something wrong with her. But this one day I was sitting there and I realised I didn't even have $5 left. And I thought, I can't handle this anymore. This is getting ridiculous. Like, I've got to stop. Then she realised it wasn't entirely her fault. Then at the same time, I started researching on the internet. I found out more than I bargained for. I found out that they're designed to addict. Shonika's battle with gambling addiction and her fight against the giant corporations that got her hooked next week on Fighting for Fair. 
You can share these stories of social justice and help spread the love and acceptance to the LGBTIQ community in a couple of ways. Tell a friend about this podcast or share it with someone you think would like it via the sharing links on your podcast app. Subscribe to the show. This small act of support means we know we are getting the message out there. Rate it in iTunes. By leaving a rating and a review, it means more people can see this podcast pop up in the podcast charts. All of these things really do help us to get these incredible stories out there. Never forget the power of a story to create the change you want to see. I'm Corinne Grant. This show was produced by Beth Gibson. Podcast concept created by Morris Blackburn. Executive producer of podcasts at Mamma Mia is Monique Bowley. Head of entertainment is Holly Wainwright. Listener.